Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 31st of July 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul started a new series for the summer, Seaside Rock, looking at the fishes of men. The reading is Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. So let's go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to see so many faces that I'm familiar with. If you're brand new and this is your first time here, it's good to have you even if you are in an Aston Villa shirt. I'll leave you to kind of work that one out a bit, although he's not listening, which is the norm. Anyway, hi Mark, lovely to see you. Yeah, exactly. It's lovely to see, lovely to see you all. Uh, the notices are really as per the sheet. Now you've got one sheet now which will cover the whole of summer. So if you've taken a sheet today, you don't need another one until September. Okay? Because the sheet you've got covers the whole of summer. Secondly to say um, that the plant sale yesterday for the Hope Centre has so far raised, wait for this, £700. Well done. So our thanks go to everybody involved, and I particularly want to say thanks to Bev for the, the enthusiasm and the effort that she's put into all of this. Thank you, Bev. It's really appreciated. You'll see in the back of the hall that, that this is the word she gave it, stuff is still available today for sale during coffee. Um, and, and therefore, today, we're going to just ask you to give a donation, not necessarily the price on the ticket, but just a donation towards the work of the Hope Centre. And yes, I think Bev's got a card payment machine with her, so you can pay by card. And because we trust you, we will be taking IOUs. So one way or the other, if you want to buy something for the Hope Centre today, help its funds, and actually uh, start your your sort of uh, summer gardening thrust, then please come and do that. There's another two other notices. One that follows on from the back of this, uh, sorry, one that is, uh, follows on from the back of this is this. It is to say that actually, friends, unless we serve each other with coffee today, we will not be having coffee. It's out, it's done, the water's hot, but but we need a couple of folks just to come and help us with coffee. So after the service, guess what? If you're first in the queue, that's God's way of saying you're called to serve. (laughs) And let's serve each other. It's not a hard job, it's a real pleasure. And, and I'll be around and help you afterwards. I don't mind, even mind coming and helping washing up, and, and I'll do that happily with you as I sing. Let, let, well, no, rightly so. Then just to say that next Saturday there's a fishing trip going on. Those of you that are into fishing, there's a fishing trip next Saturday. There are two places left. I think at the moment there are just men in the trip, but actually we'll take ladies and we'll... No, we won't. Teach you. We'll take ladies, and, and we'd love to see you. Uh, we won't teach you how to fish, which is what I was going to go and say, because you probably teach me. Two places. Can you see either Jeff or Mark, if you want to know more details? Or Jeff or Adam. Sorry, did I say Mark? Sorry. Jeff or Adam for more details. It's amazing, isn't it, that we've come today to worship our Lord. And part of our services over the summer will be joining together more as a church, worshipping more. Um, because the summer gives us that opportunity with some of the groups not meeting. So... Although the two younger groups will be going out and, uh, as part of this morning and coming back again, if you're in the older group, we're going to ask you to stay in church. It's also true to say our services will be posted later on YouTube. 
Therefore, if you've come and your child is not, is not appropriate for them to be seen on that feed, when either have a word with Lorraine or myself, or when we do things together, just remember that when we do things up here, they will be seen on our YouTube channel. I hope that helps with regards to what's going on. But it is good to come together and worship the Lord. And it is good to be led in worship. So let's bring ourselves before him in prayer. Father God, we've come this morning to worship you, to say thank you for the amazing gift of your son, and to prepare ourselves and to receive the awesome grace and power and majesty of the Holy Spirit. Bless our time together in worship, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Roy. Thank you. Just, just thinking, it was, um, as it's a fishing trip, shouldn't it be there'd be, there'd be two plates left? Oh. No, right. Okay. <laughs> M- Millie's, Millie, 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 where are you? Millie, come on up. Millie's going to do some actions for our first song. And if anybody wants to join her, she hates being alone up there. Our God is a great big God. If anybody wants to join her, young or old, you'd be more than welcome. Wouldn't they, Millie? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. I suppose. <coughs> dun, 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 dun. <sighs> oh, hello. <laughs> that ain't very safe for it is now. What are you doing? Well, I'm getting ready to go fishing, and it's obvious. But it's next week. No, it's after church this Sunday. Are you practising? Because you went yesterday. Yeah, I'm practising. You're practising. Okay, you're practising. And so I went yesterday, that's yeah. true, yeah. So did you catch anything yesterday? Well, yeah, of course I did. Well, have you got it here? Well, I might have. Would you like to show us? Oh, I could do. Shall I show you what I caught? Yes. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Okay, let's have a look. So, can I see the first thing that you caught? The first thing I caught yesterday a cold. (laughs) A cold. That's what I caught yesterday. Okay, anything else in there? Yeah. Okay, let me see. You want to see something I actually caught? That you actually. Not a cold on a bit of paper. No, that you. An actual thing that you caught. An actual thing that I actually caught that every fisherman knows. Intimately. What is that? What's this? Seaweed. So... <laughs> I caught some seaweed. Is so, that all right? Yeah, okay. So, what were you actually fishing for? What was I fishing for? Yes. Well, that's a different question. Now let me see then. What see, were you fishing uh, for? What I went fishing for originally compliments. <laughs> it gets worse. Come on, come on it? people. I've worked hard oh, on this. He's material. worked hard on this. Come on. Okay. Compliments, compliments was what I went so fishing So you're for. telling me you never caught anything. There's no fish in there. Oh, there, there is fish in there. No, I don't. Do we believe him? 
No, no, no. There's no. definitely fish in here that I definitely came home with yesterday. All right, show me. Here we go. <coughs> See, tuna. <laughs> oh, I came home with yesterday. You're not very good, are you? Well, I'm not the world's best fisherman. Put it that way. Okay. All right. So you're not that good. Do you know any good fishermen? Well, I do know a story of a really good fisherman. Okay. A really good fisherman. His name was Peter. Peter, yeah. And, and I think I've heard him tell his story so many times, I reckon I could tell it to you. Do you reckon? I think so. So you're going to tell us the story? I'm going to tell you the story. Is that or okay? Or a story. Or a story, yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. Story. Just one story about Peter and fishing. Because we know how long fishermen's tales can be. <laughs> Rude, but accurate. Rude, but accurate, yeah. Okay, let me move this out of the way. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of this amazing fisherman, and his name is Peter. But hold on a minute. I, I really need some help to tell the story, I think. I think I need some help. I need some shipmates. Have we got some smallest shipmates? Oh, Beverly's up. Look, oh, boys. You're going to let the girls out, do you? Come on. Have we got anybody else? Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. Anyone you want to, come on. Come up and help him. Can I just say he needs all the help help he can get? Okay, all right. Okay, we've got... Any more crew members join us, that's fine. But we've got a crew. Now, every boat needs a crew. And do you know why every boat needs a crew? Ooh, don't know. Every boat needs a crew to sail the boat. Oh. Okay. So here we go. So what we're going to do... We've got a this boat, is, William. This is my friend's boat. His name's Peter. And this is called the Simon Peter. Okay. Now, this doesn't look like much of, a, much of a boat, does it? But for a couple of you, what you've got to do is, you know, gently rock the boat as if it's at sea. So if you're, who's been on a boat before? Have you been on a boat? And how does the boat gently rock? Not when you're... But, you know, when you're going gently... Gently, that's it. Can you, Leo, can you gently rock it? Can you gently that's rock the it. boat. Okay, good, good, good. And that's how our story starts. We're gently rocking. Because Peter and his crew, you're, his, you're the crew, it's okay. Can you fish, pretend you're fishing? Come over here, crew. Come here. That's go it. Go that way. Can you fish? That's it, well that's done. It. Like hauling your nets in. Pull it, put your nets it, it over, all starts, it. it. all starts one amazing night. When Peter and his crew are fishermen, they go fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually, they catch, a bit like me, not even a tin of tuna. They catch nothing. Nothing. Absolutely okay. nothing. So they, when they get back to shore and the boat stops rocking, you're okay, guys. They do so they what every fisherman, what every fisherman does. Can I sit on the shore? That's it. They sit on the shore. Okay, you hold the boat, Beverly. That's it. And they start to mend their nets. Oh, have we got a net to mend? Okay. Oh, we are. Is a net... Right, let's mend the net. Got to pretend you're mending it. It's got a lot of holes in it, okay. So you hold that end. Well done. Can you hold that end for me? And then you've got to try and mend these holes. Can you mend those holes? Just then, as they were mending their (laughs) nets, a large crowd of people. You're the large crowd. Oh, look at you, Lord. Everybody's part of the large crowd. A large crowd of people appeared. All this lot, look at that. that. Have a look at that lot. Let's be honest, if they're all bearing down on you... You'd be worried, Anyway, you get you, the drift, hey? don't you? And as they came over the hill, these fishermen thought, what is going on? So Peter didn't see him at first, but there, in the middle of everything, 
there was Jesus. Ah. And Jesus followed this crowd. Jesus was leading this crowd, rather, down to the lake. Well, Peter, his brother Andrew, and their friends James and John had heard Jesus many times. But the crowd was so big, he came so close, they wondered, would Peter be pushed into the lake? And so, it was at that moment that Jesus stepped into the boat. Okay. Looked at Peter with those eyes that Jesus had, and Peter just knew what he had to do. So he pushed off the boat? His crewmates got hold of the net and threw the rest of the net into the boat. Bring the net into the boat, that's it. Stand behind there. Stand behind there and bring the note, that's it. Shall I help you? Oh, I say, it's a lot to do in it, this fishing lot. There you go. Hold the end, that's it. Okay, take it through. And Jesus started speaking to the crowd that was there. Well, when Jesus, Lorraine, had finished speaking to, uh, to people, he simply said to Peter... Put it out into deeper water. Now the boat's got to start rocking again, guys. Oh, you're in deep water. Come on, then, give it a good old rock. Well, not that violent. Oh, not that much. Could I just, could I just tell you, it's Jesus calm for the storm is not this week. <laughs> just to let you know. So, but okay. they put it out into deeper water, and it's a bit more choppy and a bit more rocky. And Jesus said to Peter, put your fishing nets down. Now, Peter knew that Jesus wasn't the fisherman. And he told him about their night with no fish and that the deep water that they'd sailed into was not good for fishing because the sun was high and the water was warm and the fish would go to the bottom to cool off. And their nets weren't big enough in any case to reach down that far. But Jesus kept nodding and smiling at Peter as though he was amused by the objections. So together, so this is what you've got to do together, guys, get out of the... Get hold of the net and, and sort of lower it. Lay it out on the stage for me. Put it over here, over the net, over the boat, over here. Get it over. Push, 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 push it over. Oh, these nets, I tell you. They're trouble, aren't they? That's it. Oh, you put... Oh, very good. Okay. Right, you have. That's it. So you've held it. Oh, good. It's holding on. Look, she's got it in the water. That's what I like to see. You've got okay, it. Okay, so now our net's in the water. It was then that it happened. And do you want to know what happened? They caught a huge amount of fish. How much? A a, a huge amount. What, bigger than a bag of potatoes? How how big is huge, guys? Can you show me how big huge is? How do you think, how big is huge? Mm. William's got it right, I think. Yeah, that's it. All joined together, that big and well beyond. So many fish that they couldn't even begin. No, no, I did that. They couldn't even begin to... to, um, Just that out. There we go. 100% sure what's going on here now. We got it a bit tangled. Did we? Because there right, was then. so much in the net. There you go. Okay, so, so many fish that they couldn't even begin so more to than pull p- it in. bag of potatoes. More than bag of potatoes. Okay, heavier than you. Well, this many, I think. Hold on. Right. right, get hold of the net, guys. Get hold of each side. That's it. Over that side, Leo. Okay. Can you pull him up over the boat, please? Pull. Pull, Leo. Pull. Try and get it up. Come on. See, there were so many Come fish. Come on. Try and get it no up. No matter what they Hello. did, Keep going. they couldn't pull. bring all these fish in. So many, so many that it was just impossible. So was it more than you and Jason with Richard and Mark sitting on the top? Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. More than all of that lot combined. They couldn't bring the fish in. And so what happened was they had to call their friends, and they called their friends, and Zebedee came with his boat. What a great name, Zebedee. Zebedee came with his boat, 
And they kind of managed to grasp hold and pull this huge amount of fish to the shore. All right, then. <laughs> we got it in, guys. Yes! <laughs> God, dear. There's no need for violence on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? There was all that fish, and they pulled them into the shore. It was then that Peter looked into Jesus' eyes, and you knew at that moment he was worth following and worth trusting. And it was then that Jesus spoke to Peter. Do you know what, Peter, what Jesus said to Peter, guys? Do you know what he said? I tell you, shall I? This is what he said. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. What an amazing thing to say. Peter tells everyone that whilst he was with Jesus, he slowly began to understand what that meant. But at that moment, it was Jesus' smile that filled his heart with joy and made him leave the fishing and follow him. Now, you're going to learn a lot more about that in a while when you go out with Lorraine. But if you ever met Peter, you'd know what I mean. Well, we need to thank our crew here this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Go and sit yourself thank down. You That's it. Well done, boats. I like the captain oh, of the oh. boat. Thank you, Leo. Off you go. Then swim that way, Leo. That's right. Off you go. That's fine. You always get one in a crew that's, yeah. that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, there's, there's so many amazing stories about Peter. There's the time, Lorraine, mm-hmm. that, that Peter was with Jesus... And Jesus called Peter a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh but we haven't got time. But that's another story. That's another story for another time. Is that another story for another time? It is. All right, we'll come back to that. Okay. But don't forget, friends, Jesus calls us all to be fishers of men and to be not afraid. Roy. Jesus said to Peter, you're going to be the rock. And we know that uh, for us, that Jesus is the rock. Now I'm going to indulge myself by playing some of my favorite music, which is bluegrass. Um, You can sing with this, and it's lovely. Jesus is my rock, and my name's on the roll. All right, give me the words up, Simon. He's my rock. Jesus is my rock and my name's on the roll. He reached down and touched my heart and changed my weary soul. Right. Stand. He's my rock. Jesus is my rock and my name's on the roll. Friends, we want to come together in some prayer. A time uh, of prayer. Um, Remembering the world as it is. This morning I sat down and tried to think, how is the world? And you flick through the news and you discover all sorts of things, don't you? All sorts of parts of the world where our prayer is needed. All sorts of parts of the world where there is conflict. People are at danger and at risk and we forget. So we're going to start with that this morning. Bringing before the Lord those parts of our world where there is conflict and pain and worry and doubt, where war seems to be the norm, where we, the world, just seems to forget. So I invite you, as we seek the Lord in prayer, 
to speak out those places around the world that are in need of our prayers. Friends, speak out that we may add amen to the Lord's blessing. Father God, we start to list the places in this world where there is conflict and war, aggression and violence. We quickly realise that all of the things we've just prayed may have made the headlines in this country or may have not, but they have soon been forgotten as news reports have moved on. But your heart breaks for those who suffer in the midst of conflict. Your heart breaks for those places in the world where war seems to be the norm. Your heart breaks when your people forget and no longer bring those places to you in prayer. So this morning, Lord, we simply come before you in prayer. Acknowledge it. That this world that you have given to us to be stewards over, we have made errors, mistakes, and quite frankly, Lord, we've messed up. So we pray once again into those countries, into those situations, that in the midst of all that's going on, you would be glorified. And you would take the highest honour. That war would cease as humanity seeks you. And your peace would reign. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world who are being persecuted for the sake of the gospel. And Lord, we acknowledge that last bit of that sentence, for the sake of the gospel. May we uphold our brothers and sisters, Lord, who suffer simply because they speak the truth of Jesus Christ in their community. And may we acknowledge what a privilege it is not to be persecuted in that way, not to face death, not to face imprisonment. But may we too, for the gospel's sake, speak up and speak out. Friends, we bring before our Lord our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. And we bring before the Lord all of those in the community, in this church, that are sick or awaiting results or unsure of diagnosis. You who are healing God, we pray, oh Lord, we pray that you would heal, that lives would be restored. And we bring before you Ben this morning, Lord. 
we pray for him. Lord, the diagnosis may be bad, but we pray for the healing, for the glory of God. And for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, we bring all of our prayers, saying, Hallelujah, you are Lord. To you be all honour, majesty and glory, world without end. Amen. Friends, it's good to gather and good to read scripture together. We're going to read from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 5, the first 11 verses. And in case you haven't worked it out, this is the story of Peter and the miraculous catch of fish. Is someone... Jenny's going to... Is that right? Are you... Doing it, Jenny? Your husband's pointing towards you? (laughs) Is that okay? Thank you. Wherever you wish. The reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, excuse me, <clears throat> with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled up their boats onto the shore and left everything and followed him. The truth is, I love fishing, but the truth is, I'm lousy at it. I have a friend, and when I go fishing with her, she's, well, the number of times she tells me off because I've stuck a hook in my finger, or I've got myself caught in a bird's nest. Those of you that know what, go go fishing will know what I mean. The the number of times I do it and she puts me right is, is beyond recognition, really. But I do love it. 
And I have to get used to something, okay, which is that I'm more often than not going to go fishing and catch nothing. Well, every fisherman knows that. Is there someone that's into fishing here that can never say that they've been fishing and caught and, and come home catching nothing? Except the mythical one that got away, you know? My brother-in-law was a fisherman, like he owned fishing boats in, the, in Hastings, and he fished the English Channel. And I've lost count the number of times Rod came back from fishing and simply said they'd not caught enough fish to make the trip viable, or the fish that they caught were too small and they'd thrown them back, because that's good, of course, ecologically. Or they caught the wrong sort of fish and everybody else is catching it, so the price of, of the, the fish went down. Or alternatively, they caught the wrong sort of fish, they'd already filled their quota for that for the month, and you get my drift. And indeed, the times he would come back from nights saying they'd caught nothing. But even then, when you come home and you're a commercial fisherman, there are still some things you need to do. You need to mend your nets and de-weed them. And that's exactly what's happening in this story. What Peter is doing is what you'd naturally expect a commercial fisherman to do. Because those nets are important, they're vital, and indeed they're valuable. And so you mend them, you de-weed them. And then along comes Jesus. Friends, in order to see how amazing what is about, how amazing the thing is that's about to happen to Simon, we actually need to start by reminding us of something else. There are three main ways that the people of Simon's time, and indeed the people of this age, react to religion, and indeed react to Jesus. Firstly, you can ignore Jesus. You can tell yourself it's a sort of fairy tale at best, that if Jesus did exist, then he was a very, very nice man who went about doing good, possibly. But if you truly, but you truly wish, rather, that the disciples of his time and all those that have followed Jesus ever since, including the group who today call themselves Christians and this church, would not have invented the whole religious experience around him. You're going to have nothing to do with him. That's one reaction. Or you can accept Jesus is who he says he is. Well, sort of. You can try and weed out the bits of Christianity you like and hold on to them. Salvation, yeah, yeah, I'll have some of that. Worship on a Sunday, if I must, and if the right person's preaching, I guess I'll go. Because presumably there's a price, price needed to be paid in order for salvation, so possibly. But there are my limits. That's all I'm going to do. This far and no further, Christ, uh, Jesus, a sort of Christianity which, if we lives were like a large mansion with many rooms, would simply shut and bolt and lock as many doors as we felt we needed to, with a sign on each door that simply read, Secular, keep out. We will let Jesus into our lives, but only to this limit, securing the knowledge that we can be secular as we wish in those rooms as long as we do indeed keep Jesus out. Or the third thing you can do is be fully acceptance of Jesus as Lord. Lord of your life, every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week. You get the point. And when you come across a marked room, a locked room marked secular, then you take the notice of it, you unbolt it and you let Jesus in. 
Everyone here this morning is one of those people, one of those types. And the real question is not, are you one of those, but rather, which one are you? Think of that scripture we've just read, that Jenny just read for us. Jesus has a need, a need to be heard. So he asks Simon if he can use his boat. Well, you're a fisherman, you've caught nothing all day, you may as well. And fishermen still do that. Lorraine's brother-in-law, if he came home from night's fishing and he called nothing, if he mended his boat, he'd often book himself out to the tourists that come to Hastings going up and down the prom. Get the drift. He'd make his money by literally ferrying people one end of the prom to the other. In reality, fishermen have been adaptable all their lives and throughout the generations. So in one sense... Peter Simon's doing exactly that, isn't he? He's allowing this preacher to use his boat. He's not charging anything, but he's caught nothing, and he may as well do it. So he puts out a little way. And this great preacher starts. I wonder what Jesus said. It's not recorded anywhere, but I wonder what he said. And from Simon's perspective, as long as the boat's being used for a pulpit, he's no objections to what Jesus is saying. Look at what happens at the start of verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. The pulpit reverts to being what it was in the beginning. It's a fishing boat once more. And therefore, this is Simon's domain once more. And bluntly, from Simon's perspective, Jesus no longer has a say in the way the boat's used. Because fishing is Simon's job. Jesus is a carpenter. Simon's the fisherman. Surely the fisherman knows best. In the same way, people will listen to Jesus, will consider what he says, may even give over Sunday mornings to him at a push. They will even consider what it, that he might even be divine. Asking him to make him better when they're sick. After all, it can't do any harm, can it? But for Jesus to do, as he does here, to interfere in your job, your home, your leisure, now that's another thing entirely. How dare he? Those matters have nothing surely to do with religion and certainly nothing to do with Jesus. But friends, the truth is, the good news of Jesus Christ has everything to do with everything about your life. Our Lord is not a Sunday-only Lord. Did you know that? Our Lord is a whole-life Lord. And if you believe anything else this morning, then you're being lied to. And lies can only come from one place, the enemy. The good news of this morning is, if that is you, if you don't yet quite accept that Jesus is the Lord of everything in your life, and you're living that lie, then that lie is easily burst. Just come to Jesus once again. Give him the whole of your life and be set free. So Jesus, the carpenter turned preacher, tells Simon the fisherman how to fish. And it's actually true. Remember in the children's thing we talked about putting out into deep waters and that would have been the impossible place. The one place on the whole lake where you wouldn't fish in the daytime. Why? Because the fish would go deep to keep out of the heat. And your nets weren't big enough. 
So not only is this a miraculous catch because nothing's been caught, it's a miraculous catch because they're fishing in the wrong place. Awesome, isn't it? When we stop and for a moment we think about it. And Simon answers in verse 5, and I, Scripture doesn't tell us what his expression was or his tone of his voice, but I wonder if you can work it out. Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And even then, I wonder what the expression on his face was like. Might an old Jewish proverb have flitted across his mind, whatever the Jewish equivalent of the English one about grandmother and sucking eggs was? Might that have flitted? I don't know. Yet it's into the very heart of who Simon knows that he is, that Jesus speaks these words of power. In fact, Jesus speaks into Simon's everyday life, proving that he knows more about Simon's job than Simon himself does. It has a material effect on the situation, both for Simon and for his brother Andrew. Verses 6 to 7. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Do you know, it may just be me, but it was the moment in my own life where Jesus Christ touched the ordinariness of my life, the Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday part of my life, that I suddenly realised that this Lord was real. It's part of my own testimony, when all of a sudden, it's as if Jesus was there in the everyday. Many people have a testimony that somehow reverberates with that. Because instead of being just a Sunday God, this was a whole life saviour. And Jesus refuses just to stay still and be a Sunday church service only sort of saviour. If this morning you are being prompted and God is saying, I want to be Lord of this in your life, whatever this is. If this morning he is saying, I want to have your Tuesdays as well as your, you get the drift then that's where, surely, Jesus is going to break through. That incident of a miraculous catch of fish proves us that Jesus isn't going to be confined to the church service on a Sunday. Do you know we talk about knocking down the walls and we're talking about spiritual food, how we want solid food rather than the the stuff of milk. Can I tell you, If we truly are praying that, then Jesus will not be confined to our boundaries. He will break them again and again and again. He won't be confined to Sundays. He'll break through on Tuesdays. And incidentally, why I've got Tuesday on my brain, I don't know. But you get the drift. Whatever day of the week. Because it's when the reality of Jesus breaks through into our daily lives that we find ourselves learning from Jesus that we should acknowledge his Father's daily gifts of sun and rain and food and clothing and life and breath, his lordship over all creation and the Holy Spirit's work of sanctifying every part of our being. And Simon was convicted. Confronted with Jesus, Simon saw the depth of his own sin and understood the amazing grace that reached into the depths and saved him. 
Now, we wouldn't understand the full implication of that at that moment in time. He couldn't have begun to imagine the cross. But right there, he knew he needed that salvation that Jesus would bring. It's what makes him drop to his knees and say, Lord. In one sense, we shouldn't be surprised because even this early in his time of ministry, Jesus had got a kind of form for this sort of thing. Look back to Luke 4, 31 and 32. And there you discover he went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught to the people. And it says, quote, they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Jesus has form. The moment people saw Jesus, the moment that the message of the good news that Jesus had come to bring the kingdom of God struck them, the moment it became beyond a mere second-hand repeated experience or report, was the moment that the individual was gripped by it. Here's the deal. Jesus makes you think. And how he makes you think is to remind you of who he is and the cost. If you want to be a fisher of people, you've got to tell them the reality of the good news that Jesus is Christ and that he announced the kingdom of God has come. Because only in sharing your faith with others will a second-hand report become reality and start to confront and comfort people with the truth. I'm not going to mention his name online because it will be to break your confidence. But I decided to leave the bank and I used to make Friday mornings with the acknowledgement of my boss. He knew I'd do it. I'd take a couple of hours on a Friday morning to often write the sermon for the Sunday. Every Friday, I used to go into work, and one of my colleagues, who was a Muslim, would come and sit down with me and say, what are you doing, Paul? He'd come from prayers. I was writing the Sunday sermon. And I had no idea what to say to him. Except one day I thought, I just have to tell him I'm writing about the love of Jesus. And that's all I did. Praise God for his conversion. Simple when we share our faith in a very real way. Realistically, just give the glory to God. But more than that, as we respond to the grace of God, it demands that we acknowledge something else. Verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. True grace cost Jesus everything. And thank you, Jenny, for emphasizing this because it will cost us everything to follow God's will as well. So the truth of the matter is, Jesus' love for you cost him his life. But he paid it willingly. And the reality is, his grace raised him to life. And he gave it willingly too. For this morning, following Jesus must mean more than just acknowledging him as a Sunday saviour. Or let's be honest, a Sunday morning saviour. Because by this afternoon, we all hope to have our lives back, don't we? Watching the Commonwealth Games, doing things with the family. Jesus wants it all. And Jesus wants all of you. It's what Peter gave him. And it's what he asks of you. Here, 
Jesus speaks and his words have authority. This morning, when our children join us, and they're about to join us in a minute or two, when they come again for worship and we respond together, we're going to have a chance to respond individually and collectively to what the Lord is saying. We'll have an opportunity once again to commit ourselves to being fishers of people, to bring before the Lord those he places on our hearts, so that in prayer we can raise them before the Lord. But the prayers then, the call then to be fishers of men doesn't stop. Because bluntly, if we want this town to be his, then we not only have to act and be his, we must also declare it. Our prayers for others should not be, Lord, bring them close to you, but you others to do this. But rather, Lord, bring them home and use me. When Peter looked into the eyes of his saviour, when he was hauling those nets in, he probably showed a mixture of things. Astonishment about the size of the haul. Because surely this must be supernatural. Fish normally aren't here. A big sense of who is this man? But he simply falls to his knees and says, Lord, it's the beginning of the understanding of who Jesus is. Yet when Jesus simply turns to Simon and says, don't be afraid, everything changes. In that moment, he decides no matter what the cost, he must follow Jesus. It's the same challenge that Jesus puts before all of us this morning. It has nothing to do with age or infirmity. Years ago, someone came to me and Lorraine and they said this. Every day, Paul, we're going to pray for you. And I've got to tell you, I, I went, oh yeah, okay. Well, this lady passed away when she was 94 and she started praying for me and Lorraine in her mid-80s. But I tell you, boy, did we feel prayed for. In her mid-80s, she had a call of Jesus Christ to uphold me and Lorraine before God. I will never, ever forget her. Because she took the call of Christ and she simply followed. And so I declare to you, age or infirmity, or incidentally she was housebound, age or infirmity has nothing to do with it. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you are being called to follow your Lord. It's going to cost maybe everything. But he will use you to declare to a needy world the good news and to bring glory to God. The question therefore remains this morning, as it did to Simon by the Sea of Galilee. Will you answer the call of your Lord, leave everything, and follow him? Amen. Friends, we're going to just take a moment in prayer, and then I want to explain the fish to you. Let's pray. Father God, once again, I find myself at that point where I say, I lay everything down, I give it all once again to you, Lord. And in doing so, I simply say, make me a fisher of, 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 of men and women together, Lord. Make me that fisher of people. For I long to see many come to know and, long, and love you. 
so that the walls of this place are broken down. We have spiritual food. And dynamically, Lord, you by the power of the Spirit and in the grace of your Son and in the love of the Father are moving in and through this place. But it starts with me. So I pray, Lord, make me a fisher of people and move mightily. I'm going to leave a space. What I'm going to ask you to do is something quite profound. In your heart, ask the Lord, in your spirit, ask the Lord, to give you the name of someone whom you would love to see come to him. Father God, thank you for the name or names you've put on our hearts. Praise be to you, our Lord, our Saviour, our friend, our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to do something with all of the names that you've just had in your head. That's what the fish is for. Now hopefully you're near enough to a pen. If not, there are some pens here. Someone, does anyone need a pen? If someone could give some pens out for me, if that would be good. Thank you, Millie. Because what I want you to do, if you can, is write the name of the person or persons on that fish. Now, if you'd rather not write the name because it might be known, just write something that reminds you of them. Okay, so if you, for example, if it's your next door neighbour and you don't want to write their name, just write next door. If you haven't got a fish... I think maybe you've got some you've got some fish there too. So if you haven't got a fish, you just let us know. Has everyone got a fish or that wants some? There is. Incidentally, I best tell the people online when I say write on the fish, I don't literally mean a fish. There's a paper fish for everyone. Who is it, friends? that God has prompted you to pray for this morning? Who is it that you long to see come to the Lord? Who do you wish to be a fisher of people to? Once you've got your fish, can I just encourage you to write a name on it for me? We're going to do something later on with the children because they're going to come back during our next song. Um, which Roy is going to lead us in. And we're going to respond together as a church to the call of the Lord to be fishers of people. I was going to say, Roy, over to you. Thank you. Father God, we bring ourselves before you in prayer and say, have your way with us. 
Holy One. Amen. Lorraine, I think you've been up to stuff, I think, if I can call it stuff. Uh, let's make sure it's on, I think it is. he wasn't going to go off and take a big net and throw it over people. He was actually going to tell people about Jesus and the kingdom of God. So we decided we'd make our own fishing games, didn't we? Yeah? So what have you got in there, Beverly? Four fish and a person. You've got four fish and a person. They wanted to know why he was blue. He's underwater. Okay, so that's right. So he's under there. So if you turn around and go up there with... That's it, go up there. Do person okay so off you go then go into that one both of you go on then see if you can don't look see who's got it oh yes we saved the person we've fished for them that's it okay well done oh you've got fish you've got fish just smelly fish you got yeah any people over there any blue people coming well done william well done and all the others have made theirs as well. They've left theirs in there, but they're going to want to show you theirs. Okay, so you take those down then. Off you go. Well done, guys. That's it. So uh, young people have made fishing games. If afterwards they come and show you one, can I invite you to stop whatever conversation you're having and engage them with what they've been up to? That would be brilliant. Do you know, Lorraine, Jesus calls Peter to become a fisher of picture of people did you know that i did we've I said did. that a lot yes and, and all that young people have learned that well we've been learning about that in the church and as peter and his friends stared at that catch of fish can you imagine what they would have thought what was running through their mind first of all what would you do with all those fish big question isn't it really but one thing i know that fishermen do with their catches commercially when there are too many is that they dry or they smoke their fish and they hang, hunk, hang them up. You've seen those sort of smoke houses before. They cure them. And I guess if we'd have done that with the catch of fish that Peter had... They'd last it, a long time. Yeah, they last a long time. But every time Peter saw those fish, he'd have remembered, wouldn't he, that he was a fisher of men. It would have been a constant kind of reminder. This morning in church, everyone was given a fish. Remember, we've written names on the fish... Someone we long to see come to the Lord. Can I ask you to do me a favour? Can I invite you to pass them to one end of your row? And I'm going to ask Billy for another favour with Lorraine to go and collect them up. Because we're going to do something quite profound with your fish. Okay? The eagle-eyed among you will have noticed that there's a hole in the top of the fish. We're going to put them and string them up as if they were curing a representation of what might have happened with that big miraculous cash that Peter had. Lorraine's going to hang them up for us as we worship. 
And over the next few weeks, they're going to remain there. There'll be a reminder week by week by week by week that we're called to be fishers of men. A reminder to you that every time you see them, you are called to pray for the person you wrote on your fish. A physical reminder of our need to witness to him. We miss some. So friends, that's exactly what we're going to go and do. A a physical act of response to bring the people you named before the Lord. Roy is going to lead us in a song, You Shine. You Shine, yes. who we have named, all of those for whom we have placed the name on a fish, all of those in our hearts and minds who still, Lord, you flood, you flood our minds, our spirits with those names. We bring them before you. We acknowledge them individually. We pray for them. And we say, Lord, make us fishers of people that these we have named may come to know you as Lord and Saviour their Lord and Saviour. And we can say that, Lord, because at the end of your time here on earth in Matthew, you declared to all of your disciples, including Peter, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we declare ourselves to be fishers of people, but not alone, because we go with your authority and we go with you with us by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit. May this week, Lord, we both be blessed and be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to declare the words of this last hymn. I want to serve the purpose of God. I want to serve. And so may the love of our Father God and the grace of our Saviour, Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the awesome Holy Spirit be with you today and always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.